This is National Native News. I'm Jill Freitas from KMBA in Anchorage, Alaska, filling in for Antonia Gonzalez. A First Nation in British Columbia says it has found nearly 160 child deaths at four facilities in the province. As Dan Karpinchuk reports, most of the deaths occurred at a hospital. The probe by the Stalo Nation in British Columbia focused on unmarked graves and missing children going back to the 1860s. But representatives of the First Nation and its research and resource management center say the work is only beginning. So far, obstacles have been the lack of access to information from Ottawa, as well as religious institutions that were linked to residential schools. The research, using ground-penetrating radar, archives, and fieldwork, was into three residential schools, cemeteries, and a First Nation hospital. Most of the children died of diseases such as tuberculosis, some from accidents. Amber Kostuchenko is a researcher and the project manager. One child died uh, because they were jumped on by another student. Another child was reported to have, have hit their head against the bed under unknown circumstances. And another was reported to have broken their spine while jumping rope. The institutions included the St. Mary's Residential School, the Kokolitsa Industrial Institute, and the Kokolitsa Hospital, all three in British Columbia's Fraser Valley. And the fourth was the All Hallows School in Yale, B.C., Kostachenko says her team is still gathering information and has only accessed about half of the 70,000 documents they need. One of the lead researchers also says interviews with survivors suggested many atrocities committed against children, including sexual assault, starvation, and secret burials. Some survivors allege that the St. Mary's School was a place of punishment and starvation, and later, when it moved to a second location, a place of pedophilia. For National Native News, I'm Dan Karpinchuk. For years, it was extremely difficult to find meals like bison pot roast or an elk taco at a restaurant. Yet Indigenous cuisine has been in the Americas for centuries. The Mountain West News Bureau's Emma Vandernindy joined a chef in a Denver community kitchen to see her approach to the cuisine. Chef Andrea Murdoch is busy in the kitchen. She's baking her light blue sugar cookies with the help of some volunteer chefs. They're like blue. Yeah, they stay blue. It's awesome. They do? Yeah. That color is made from Ute Mountain Ute cornmeal from southwest Colorado. Blue cornmeal is something that's very um, specific to the Four Corners region of the U.S. Like, you will not find this easily out on the West Coast, out on the East Coast. And this isn't the first time she's used unique ingredients. I source locally and indigenously to support those economies. Kroger doesn't need my money. It all started when Murdoch expanded Four Directions Cuisine, her food business. She wanted to create South American cuisine. And through her research, she found that ingredients representative of the culture were pre-colonial, like rabbit, bison, or other foods that existed in the Americas before colonizers arrived. Along with sourcing food from local and indigenous farmers, she forages around her for flowers and grasses, praying to the weather god Iapa for rain. As she cooks, she taps into what she calls her sixth sense and connects with plants and animals that are seen as relatives in her culture. There's an element of listening to the ingredients and understanding how you're going to honor them best. Indigenous cuisine, like Murdoch's, has recently grown in popularity with many restaurants opening in cities like Minneapolis and Seattle. And for the second year in a row, a Native chef won a James Beard Award, almost like the Oscars for cooking. But it wasn't always this way, and there's still room to grow. We find food from all over the world in our amazing cities, and very seldom do we find food of where we happen to be standing that represents the land and the Indigenous communities and cultures. That's Sean Sherman head chef of Awamni in Minnesota, and a multi-James Beard Award winner. And we should really be focused on what's the true food in North America, and you can't understand North American food unless you bring the indigenous perspective into it. For National Native News, I'm Emma Vandenindy. I'm Jill Freitas.
National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by Sanofsky Chambers Law, championing tribal sovereignty and Native American rights since 1976, from opioids litigation to treaty rights to tribal self-governance, with offices in Washington, D.C., New Mexico, California, and Alaska. Sanofsky Chambers Law. Support by AARP. AARP creates and connects people to unique tools and programs, helps conserve personal resources, and tackles issues that matter most to individuals, families, and communities. More at AARP.org. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.